electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Cainton here with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. The sell-off is set to continue today as the U.S. confirms its first coronavirus case of unknown origin as the corporate warnings mount and analysts start cutting their numbers on 2020 U.S. and global growth. Europe's down about 3 percent. Ten-year yield, a record low, 127, and oil is below 47. Our roadmap begins with correction watch as coronavirus fears grip global markets. Stocks are set to open sharply lower, extending their worst week since the crisis. Plus, of course, risks to growth. Goldman warning this morning that a further spreading of the virus or wide spreading of it could completely wipe out corporate growth this year. And on the sidelines, why Toll Brothers CEO tells Jim the next few weeks are critical for the housing market. So the number to watch is going to be 361 today. If the Dow falls by that amount, the blue chips will hit so-called correction territory as coronavirus fears weigh on global markets. Last night at the president's news conference about containing the virus, our Eamon Javers asked him if financial markets are overreacting. Here's how the president responded. I think the financial markets are very upset when they look at the Democrat candidates standing on that stage making fools out of themselves. And they say, if we ever have a president like this, and there's always a possibility it's an election. It had to do with the coronavirus. Well, I think it did. I think it did. But I think you can add quite a bit of sell-off to what they're seeing. All right. So how much of that explains today, Jim? Well, I think that uh, the most overshadowing thing is what happened right in the last few minutes of the press conference, which is the California uh, discovery of someone who was in a local hospital. Uh, they didn't know it was corona and then went to the Davis Hospital, very good hospital, uh, where they felt that it wasn't corona, uh, and then they started treating as corona. So we have to wonder, it would seem that every single person that that person came in contact with is probably going to come down with this. It's certainly not the president's fault. I hear people like blaming the president. I also hear people saying if the Fed were to cut rates, what these are parallel universes. This is really about getting sick, and I can't offer the odds that you're going to get sick. I go to, you know, go to the sites of everybody else at Harvard Public Health. They say 60% chance that you'll get sick. Uh, I don't think it helps. I do think that the golden piece is valuable, which is there's no earnings growth. And obviously, we're not priced for that. Uh, I do think that Microsoft's worth watching because we got an, a warning there. And you would have said we talked about Microsoft being down a lot ahead. Well, it didn't stop. And that immediately spilled over to Apple. We would have thought that that has discounted it. So stocks haven't the, the companies that were doing very well have not discounted the decline. Uh, and just in, in terms of the personal view that I have, I remember, I know that people are, aren't yet, uh, too young on Twitter, but when we had measles and we had chicken pox, here, it, you know, to really default to the personal, my mother and father said, you're going to get it, okay? And it's going to be bad, and then you'll live, you'll go on. Some people, I didn't talk about somebody who wouldn't make it, but this is measles, and probably going to get it, and you never thought that you wouldn't get it. This was before the vaccine. Uh, it wasn't whooping cough, but it was measles and, chip- and chicken pox, and we just said, Okay, it's inevitable. Let's get through it. And maybe it's like that. Uh, And 
I know someone will then say, no, Jim, the death rate's blah, blah, blah. But I'm just talking about the inevitability of getting it. Seems likely. Seems likely. Yeah. Well, uh, supply chains certainly are, and uh, the global economy's slowdown certainly seems to be reflecting fear of getting it. Exactly. And we're not really seeing nearly as much here as, as around the world, Europe. Anecdotal, so much of it's anecdotal. They, they but don't have good in terms health. of what people are seeing on the roads or in various countries at this point, in terms of the typical traffic versus what's going on. Right, right. slow down. Economic the activity slow has down. slowed. Supply right. chain is certainly continuing to be an issue mm-hmm. in China as well. Where, yes, as we pointed HP. out, the number of cases has slowed dramatically. In right, cases, but it is still a big issue in, in terms of people getting things on time and what it's going to mean. Yeah. So you have to readjust downward. I, yeah. Look, I'm not by any means saying that. Uh, it's the end of the world. It's clear. Not this is not zombie nation. I'm saying we were priced ten days ago for things going up pretty good. So now we can't just price for things uh, going up not as well. We have to price for things not going up for, in terms of economic activity. And it's again, I'm going to reiterate. It's not you know hate him or like him. It's not the president's fault. People can say, well, the CDC has been cut back. We had Dr. Fauci up there yesterday. Dr. Fauci, what did he say when this started? He said, you know what, we're probably going to get it. And people ignored him. He's the foremost uh, epidemiologist of our time. He said we're going to get it. So what's he going to do? Get up there and say we're going to get it again? Well, you know, yeah. Well, for, get it. for our purposes, uh, it's it's about the impact on business. I'm curious right. what you make of Thank the gold. That's really what I want to emphasize. No, I, I don't know anything. Right. Uh, I want. Uh, what do you think of the Goldman piece here? Because they're making some assumptions. One is that bond yields go to one. Uh, S and P 2900. And then it, they do add a line here, Jim. It's striking to see. Uh, assuming a recessionary scenario, S&P earnings fall 13 to 148. Right. And there, I, th- I thought the golden piece was very sober and very intelligent. I think that the last part that you attended is going to be the one where people say that Bernie Sanders is going to get the nomination. You'll see claims rise. And there's a chance, a better chance that he wins than not. And if that's the case, then we're going to have another leg down. Now, I don't. I don't think, again, that's that revelatory. If Bernie Sanders wins, I don't think anyone thinks we'll be paying these prices. But you just no. said what? blaming the president is a parallel universe. Oh, no, I'm just saying if we get a recession. If we get a recession. Recession. If we get that latter part. Then it, then it, then it raises the possibility right. that Bernie Sanders, if in fact he's the nominee, wins. Right. But, but so if, you think maybe these futures do reflect uh, fears of a Democratic president? I, we're getting there, absolutely. I think there is, you know, in speaking to... Market participants, so to speak, mm-hmm. there is definitely. We can't completely excise the impact of a Sanders nomination on the market. That's how I feel. It is not the overriding reason. No, but it's of the, course not. It's but, back of but mind. There is something there. You know, even a few weeks ago, it was not being really um, reflected in market prices. The idea that he would be the nominee. Now it's starting to be. And, and what, do you think it's involving claims, or do you think it's involving... that if, in fact, he is the nominee, the Democratic Party is a, what, 79-year-old socialist, it's unlikely he's going to win. Um, Still unlikely. You have to start to take into account the possibility. But I remember, David, that you were talking about how uh, it's too close, we shouldn't think. I think now it's in the thick of it, and we have to think. Yes, and, and that's happening. Right. At the same time, though, that we have this potential global pandemic, right, which, but, of but, course, is... Right. And I want to distinguish between hate them or like them. What's the president supposed to say last night? Now, we had some people on our special. One of them said, listen, it's really he's being complacent. Well, I mean, again, I'm going to bring up the measles. It's like, listen, you're going to get the measles. Okay, what is he supposed to say? You're not going to get it. He has no ability. But I think as a leader, he doesn't want to say get to that supermarket right now. 
like I did. When I heard the initial at, uh, CDC, I, I told my wife, I went, I went two months. I went all the drugs that we have. I need two months supply. I had bought the, uh, three of the, I bought three of the 3M masks immediately. I did all this within an hour of the first CDC comment. Which basically just said, listen, you know, wow, hug I haven't kids. done anything. I did everyone. <laughs> I talked to it because the CDC yeah. suggested it. Talked to my kids a little bit about. Oh, I did that hands. immediately. I right. canceled my daughter's trip to Italy. That's it. That's all I've done. All you did was not shaking hands. Did you not listen to see that woman in the CDC who just told you, look, get to the super? You know, basically said, not, listen, what do what you can. She didn't see every every man or woman for itself. No. That was the one thing she didn't say which I'm grateful for. The president had to, was, had to play defense because of that woman. I do got to ask you, though, really strong work by the Times here today graphically, uh, yeah, which puts us on the front of the business section. Sort of puts in perspective 10-year uh, gains in the market. Uh, the handwriting is, is theirs, not ours. Right. Uh, you're investing for this many years, and this is a few days. How much of that is relevant in today's conversation? Well, I think that if you – there's two parts to this. I mean, I genuinely believe that we're going to solve it. And if you genuinely believe you're going to solve it, then you, you don't know when it's going to stop going down. It's going to keep going down. And what I didn't like about that was the idea that what's the next thing after the red? Because if they, if Gilead, which I don't think it's necessary, remember, they're giving Gilead uh, because they're really trying to whatever sticks. OK, yep. uh, someone last time on our special said it doesn't matter if you get if you get care. That's completely wrong. If you get care, that chart's going to say, why didn't I buy um, there has to be some reality which is to stay the course. Uh, that's not a stay the course. That's a sell. That's a get out. Well, and even, I, I don't buy that. Even Goldman is cutting industrials, cutting banks. By, are they upping real estate, upping utilities? Yeah, There's still time for that? Yes. Uh, I thought that they're overweightings in terms of underweightings in terms of buying the you know, the, let's just call it the Proctor things. I thought that was a, a, I, th- I thought that was a mistake. Those are interesting. And the reason why those are interesting is because they have yield. Um, but I do think that uh, decrease in world commerce is what we have to focus on. And there is going to be a decrease in world commerce. Watch, watch Marriott. That's a world commerce play. The stock has been down well in anticipation also a of a slowdown. Play, though. I mean, it's well, not. It's well, oh, no, no. They're the I'm same saying thing. that's bad. Yeah, anything no, travel-related is, is getting but, crushed. But, but David, I mean, if it was at 120, we read that statement. If it's at 110, yeah. then the, the negative is here. Uh, if it right. stays at 120, I was going to say which it was. Well, that well, was wrong. I mean, listen, yesterday, you, Expedia, UAL, any of the airlines, Uber, because they were going a down. decent percentage of rides originated at an airport. Yeah. Um, See, All Nestle, these things are getting Nestle getting cutting in. international travel. That's 300,000 employees. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. I, of, I mean, every, that's happening across the board. Um, well, uh, at the same time, time, anything where you stay at home, as we know, has been doing well. So Teladoc had a good day yesterday. Peloton had a good day yesterday. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got, I do have, I have eight stocks. You got a stay at home portfolio. I got a solid eight stocks. Is yeah. there a new acronym in the works? Yeah. Wow. Sickness. Call it shelter. <laughs> shelter. Yeah. Give me shelter. Yeah. And I honestly, the measles. It's a good example, except for you. Some more people die of this than the measles. But I, all I want to talk about is growth rate coming down because I cannot offer anything to Dr. Fauci. What am I like? Hey, right. doc, but I did feel that some of the people on the special last night were so in contrast to Dr. Fauci that made me uncomfortable. I mean, who doesn't want the Gilead drug to work? Who says that's not significant? Other than, you know, if you get pneumonia, you want something that makes you so you don't have a respirator. But, I mean, we had people saying stuff last night. It was like, wow, come on, give it the program. 
Uh, you're right about the global headline flow continues. Uh, Eunice Yoon yesterday tweeted some concerns in Guangdong about people who had recovered and then tested positive yeah. again. Oh Eunice joins us in Beijing for all the latest. Hi, Eunice. Hey, guys. Well, with the jump in cases overseas, the concern here now is about a reintroduction of infections to places in China that have been recovering. And in fact, China announced its first case um, of this such case uh, today. Uh, the region of Ningxia said that there was a traveler who came in who was sick from Iran. And so the authorities here are now stepping up their efforts to try to screen and impose restrictions on a lot of travelers who are coming in from overseas, especially from uh, badly affected countries, even though uh, China had criticized other countries for making similar moves. Now, uh, all of this, of course, creating still a lot of uncertainty among businesses. Uh, the American Chamber of Commerce and the European Chamber of Commerce both put out surveys. AmCham said today that 48 percent of those polled see a drop in China revenue for this year if business stays abnormal until April 30th. The European Chamber said that 48 percent of its members see a decline in revenue of 20% or more for the first half of 2020. And so the central bank today attempted to reassure businesses that uh, um, it was going to take serious action to make sure, they said, it would reduce the impact of the epidemic as far as possible to ensure that China achieves its economic goals for the year. That, though, has been raising questions as to just how much Beijing will be able to adhere to its targeted approach when it comes to stimulus with uh, unemployment and the possibility of bankruptcies now uh, very much on the leaders' minds. Now, separately, uh, one of the top epidemiologists of China uh, put out a projection of when the epidemic would end. Uh, he said that it could be contained by the end of April. And the authorities here have also been taking very unconventional methods in order to try to get more people to come forward so that they could de detect uh, more of the uh, coronavirus patients. So one of the cities in Hubei province, the epicenter, has now said that they will offer $1,400, which is a windfall for people in the smaller city, um, $1,400 for anybody who comes forward with their symptoms. And just in order to make to put some pressure and make, make sure that people come forward, uh, they've set a deadline to next Monday. Guys? Um, Eunice, you know, we in this country now, we're sort of trying to imagine what it would be. It will be like when and if seems likely uh, the virus is here in, in a significant way. What can you tell us in terms of your daily life in Beijing, given you're not obviously near the epicenter, but at the same time, obviously it is everywhere. We've seen you when you're out in the streets with your mask on. I mean, what can we expect here? Um, well, I could tell you a little bit about my day today. Um, so, to, you know, I, I came to the office uh, twice and um, every single time now, the um, the cars that I've been in, um, which are DDs, are all wrapped in plastic and say that they're disinfected. And then um, everybody that you see is wearing masks. Um, I needed to go and buy some disinfectant to make sure that I had that for the weekend because that's actually what I've been doing every single weekend is disinfecting my house because uh, there isn't anybody else to do it. So I got to make sure that um, that hygiene is really important. Um, also, I, I received a, a package today uh, from a company that uh, was worried about me, I guess, and gave me some gloves. And actually, these types of um, latex gloves are really difficult to find uh, these days. So, so that's kind of been my day. And then um, the other thing, though, that is quite worrisome 
is that uh, Beijing actually had a jump in newly uh, in new confirmed cases. And um, and so uh, the the person who um, the, the, the people who got sick were all associated with one cleaner who went to the office with a fever. And what you see is that there's this pressure for people to go back to work. They might be sick, but also they haven't made money. A lot of people have not been paid for several weeks because they don't. They aren't all salaried people. And so then there's a certain randomness to it all, which uh, puts adds pressure uh, when you go to the office or or when you're walking around because you just feel like, you know, you just don't know whether or not um, you're going to be okay playing the numbers game. Yeah, that's a human dynamic that is going to be international in scope and certainly points to uh, the concerns people have about demand. Jim, I mean, it's uh, going to make it harder to buy an iPhone at the margin. Yeah, look, I thought it was very interesting last night when Enrique Loros said that they're probably going to have an eight cent trim. Why? Because they have a lot of demand for really some of the really nice new PCs, not printers. We go into that. And they can't meet the demand because they can't get the parts. The most he said the factories are up and running, but there's just not a lot of people, enough people to factories. I think that's a, a kind of a, a good example. Eight cent hit and betting that things get back to normal because, uh, as Eunice said, they're telling the Chinese workers to get back. Yeah. Well, if it, if it, if it ends in the end of April, as Eunice said, the authorities right. are hoping or some of the top epidemiologists in the country are. But right now, nobody's consuming much of anything in China. Well, why? I mean, other than disinfectant and masks and gloves, if they can find them. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I'm not sanguine, but I, I just say, look, can you say stay the course? I don't know when they're going to solve it. I think you're going to get hit. Uh, some, airline, some airlines, I think travel. Yep. No, no stay course. Yep. I just don't want to stay course in those. Our thanks to Eunice. We'll check in with her later on. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Uh, take another look here at the pre-market. If uh, the Dow's down 361, uh, we will be down 10% from the highs. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, we're 10 minutes away from an opening bell. Let's get in a mad dash here. Talk a bit about Square. Yes, now Square is a, a payment processing company. It's doing exceptionally well. They crushed the earnings last night. And uh, one of my favorite analysts is just really, really good, Lisa Ellis. She's at uh, Moffitt Nathanson. She actually puts out a piece saying not only is it good, but it's going to be sought after, that there are many companies that would like to buy it. I had MasterCard on the other night, and MasterCard's an inquisitive company. I don't think they need to buy Square, but a lot of people in the travel, a lot of the travel, uh, I'm sorry, these, these companies that are payments, they would love a Square. And a lot of people feel that maybe Jack Dorsey, who spends most time in Africa, is run by, largely by the CFO, might want to do something. So this is a piece that actually says there could be a transaction. But even without it, you'd still make money. I like that kind of optionality. Could we? Could win two ways. And Dorsey being absent stays, from Andor also having his other job. As stays the in touch Twitter, telephonically. Doesn't seem to be hurting. Right? No, no. But the CFO is very, very good there. And 
David, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Do you think a politi- major politician or a major CEO gets it and we have to then have another leg down? You hear that? I don't know. I think certainly is possible if it spreads widely as we right. expect that it eventually will. Right. Virus, it's yeah. just something to think about. I just might. And I think about shoes that could We have a market that's so focused on every single headline, and some of them are very misleading, Jim, as yes, well. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And the algorithms don't read stories. No. They just read headlines. But as interest rates go down, stocks go down. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about rates, actually, when we come back. Of course, we got an opening bell as well, but that 10-year, we haven't seen it this low ever, ever, ever. A lot more Squawk on the Street coming right at you. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world, the opening bell in five minutes on another important trading session as analysts start catching up to the corporate warnings we've been hearing last few days as the buzz continues over last night's presidential news conference about the coronavirus. Here's a look at how Dow futures have moved over the past 12 hours. You can see uh, got a bit of a dip. It's been one of those, again, volatile sessions, like, much like the cash session was yesterday, Jim. Right, and this is when I think you have to start thinking about All right, what companies have good uh, cash flow uh, that's consistent, that have good dividends, and leg into them? And don't look at this thing as the S&P. I mean, I know that we've all been uh, taught that you should just do S&P, but this is a unique moment where some of the S&P is not going to be good, and their cash flow is not going to be good. Now, now I know oil, for instance, has become a much smaller part of the uh, S&P, but because of the decline of natural gas and because of the terrible balance sheets of many of them, there's no level that I want to buy those. But there are lots of companies that I think are going to ride through this with good cash flow, where their dividends are going to become accidentally high yielders, not unlike uh, 2008. And this is a biological crisis, not a financial. But I think that you might look back and buy some good stocks. Unfortunately, it's everybody's S&P, and that's tougher to advise. Right. Uh, You got the VIX above 32, which is, that's uh, remarkable. Right. The Um, S&P oscillator I use is minus six. Not impossible. It could go much, much lower than that. And, you know, for for many quarters now, we've talked about U.S. safe haven, right? Global turmoil means money comes here. What happens now when they get the dollar a three-week low? Well, I still think that you want to look at companies that have better balance sheets than the United States of America, that are not involved with oil and gas, uh, that involve a product, this is why I disagree with the Goldman piece, or involve a product that you'll buy anyway. Uh, and if you can find that, I think that's, and it's not, they're not impossible. We found them during 2008. Wow, you put them away and you just say, you know what, I just bought some really good companies 
I did it in stages. There are a bunch of them. Just start with the 3.5% yielders. You even said on Twitter this morning, if, if you bought Moderna, based on my recommendation, sell half. Yeah, well, that Moderna was, I had them on, stock was at 18. I had Teladoc on, the stock was at 80. And I recommended them both, and I was just saying, hey, listen, these are important if this thing takes off. Right. Well, it took off, and I just don't want you, why don't you play with the house's money, Moderna? You just caught a double in what, a up, week? Up another 21% I mean, in the you, free market. You know, who knows whether they, what are they going to like say to the WHO, we're going to charge a million dollars per vial? I mean, yeah. Come on. So yes. um, Moderna is a nice one to, to sell half. They did a big equity offering in 23. I really believe Moderna, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be prudent. Um, let's take a look at the 10-year yield. I mentioned it. Sure. Mad dash there. Uh, just to see where we are on the 10-year, of course. We're in uh, new territory. Um uh, on yield, and there it is, one two six. Wow! Uh, obviously, the financials have already been reacting to a certain extent to that. There's plenty of liquidity in the system, though. Plenty. Uh, you saw the Warsh editorial. It's really I important. Everybody read Kevin Warsh uh, editorial in the Journal today, calling for a cut. Uh, in the journal, in the, the journal, uh, the yes. title is "The Fed Can't Wait to Respond." Um, sort of joining the coach of Lakota, who's obviously no longer on the board, but. Uh, Wants an assurance cut here. Some say auditioning for the chairmanship yes, one day. Yes, did read like that when you read the entire uh, when you read the entire editorial and criticizing the 18 raise and then talking about obviously the cuts in 2019 that took place and the fact that there's not nearly as much ammunition, of course, given where Fed funds are right now, far lower than they were at the beginning of the crisis, for example, the financial crisis. As we've been saying for a long time, what, what's left of the toolbox? You look at these reports out of Germany today, how they're considering possible stimulus. Eunice mentioned uh, the payouts. Hong Kong offer $15 right. billion dollar stimulus in the works. Um, yeah, I, look, all of those are great uh, versus getting sick. Uh, and I think that the slowing of commerce uh, is going to overwhelm many of those. That's why, again, I come back. We got some really good numbers. We got a really good report from Goldman. And I, I just think that we look, there are going to be people all day to talk about the Fed. Uh, and, and, you know, I wish that that were in play. But it's not. It's biological. It's not financial. And what you want in play is a Gilead therapeutic. You want in play a Moderna vaccine. You want in play uh, what Tony Fauci says, the CDC. Uh, the Fed is a sideshow here. And I know that that's uh, it's supposed to never be a sideshow. But it is. It's a, it's a biological problem. Let's get the opening bell and do this. Uh, get the S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board. It is Coca-Cola celebrating the launch of AHA, a new sparkling water brand, at the NASDAQ. It's Major League Soccer kicking off its 25th season. This is a good example, guys, of uh, how it's everywhere you turn, even Coke has warned that its supply of artificial sweeteners is largely based in China. And that could lead to what some argue is going to be an inflationary disruption. That could uh, be. I I read uh, a couple of books about China and pharmaceuticals. So what was my reaction? I I went to CVS and I bought all the things that I need uh, for several months' supply. Uh, Particularly, remember, they have a gigantic... uh, Wuhan's kind of like the pill capital of China. And we let ourselves be... Uh, cooked, almost opiate-like, on the Chinese manufacturing of pharmaceuticals and ingredients. So now we're at the price. So I think that you, I mean, I bought a lot of vitamin C. Apparently a lot of people feel that I, I don't have to take any of the psyllins 
we haven't any penicillin come here since December, but there are a lot of bacillins that I would advise people to be prudent. I don't, that's not scared. That's just logical. When you're going to use it anyway, so why not get it and pull it forward? David, what's the matter? I'm just looking at uh, various parts of the market right now, trying to ascertain what's, uh, what we can expect today. I thought you were on Amazon buying some of the things I suggested. No, I haven't yet. No, I'm not, I'm not prepared, um, and I don't know when I will be. Well, I think you should be but I know where I'm going. Where's that? Your house. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> They're all stocked. They're all stocked. Uh, we should make note of the fact that these levels are not an accident, really. Uh, right. 3051 is right above the 200-day, which people have been talking about as support for a while, which would take you right around 3047. So, Jim, sort of a decisive moment, right, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I just think you have to wait it out here. Again, uh, if you have tra- if you have anything that involves travel and leisure, you want to maybe sell some of those, take a hit and be ready to buy these individual stocks with great dividends. Don't chase. I mean, there's some people who are chasing 3M today because of the, uh, they're sold out of the mass, and I don't think that's a great idea. There's a lot of other problems with 3M that are masked by the mass. You don't want to be that. You want to wait and you find things that have good dividends that can pay them. And that's just a good strategy. It worked in 2008 when the world looked like it's going to collapse, and this is not like that. This is a, again, this is biological, but I don't want it to be anyone to think, at least for stocks, that it's as bad as 2008. I don't want to be glib about it. At least for stocks, that's worse. Um, let the Fauci's and the CDC's hit the human side. But the human side, from what they're saying, is not as bad as 2008. But I think it takes out all these levels. We could bounce because it's so one of the bigger makers down. of the masks. But you know, look at Microsoft. Which has, a, has capacity in China, which would be used solely to supply that market. Right. Now, if you're 3M also, you've got long-term customers, hospitals, and people who right. always use your products that you have to try to but, fulfill as well. Or but how about all the other wherever. products they have that have and been then, dogs? Yeah. Right? But look at Microsoft. They're, that's a very good example. Stock's down 20. It was up too much. Price from perfection. They, uh, they did what I regard as a very minor revision, uh, very minor, and because it's one part of their business, and it's down six. So if that's the best of the best, do I really want to say, you know what, I'm drawing the line in the sand on Nike at 90. I know they have problems in Europe. I know they have problems in China. But you know what? 90 is my level. And I come back and say, why? Who does things like that in this kind of decline? 90 is my level. Yeah, the problem is uh, the models that analysts are running on Microsoft in particular, and RBC is doing a stress test where they see a bear case EPS down 21. Really? Right? The stock's not ready for something like that. No, no. Um, that was, that is extreme. Yeah, it would be, yeah. Be, they, they even, they say this would be draconium, but that's our draconian well, that, that, That's extreme. I, 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 I'm, look, I'm not bullish at all, but that's, it's a great company. It, it slows, but you're going to use the product. Uh, but, you know, look, there are people who want to come up with doomsday scenarios. That's a doomsday scenario. I, I just think, it, wait, and that could be really a good one if it comes down. Sure. The dividend's good. I just think that uh, Sajid Nadella, he's good. Uh, that's an opportunity, but not yet. Let's wait a little. Uh, it's definitely taking some of the air out of the high flyers that we were talking about in January. Virgin Galactic is down essentially 45% in a week. What the heck uh, was that? 42 a week from today. Well, that was an to... example of the stock that told you that we're in, in top mode. Uh, it just got that 
uh, momentum. People, sh- what's the matter? That stock should be. You know, look, the stock was at eight, nine. Oh, yeah, no, I'm fully aware. By the way, you, you can't. The number of uh, hedge fund managers or um, other participants in the financial markets of size who want to start SPACs. Every every guy, everyone I meet. That well, I'm going to start a SPAC. Right, and I then want to do a SPAC. I can raise 400 million. Well, I can raise. I can. How about the we private have, equity? We talked enough about these special purpose no, so right. of which this was one. You're which so has been right. Extraordinarily successful. We uh, the, he was on yesterday on Squawk Box. Um, Paul Hop, Paul Hapatia. Thank you. And then we had Whitesides on Squawk Alley. Yeah. Um, and but it is, it is the thing. Hedge right. funds are like, you know, I really, I'm not, I don't long short equity, forget that, but I can start a SPAC. How about the and pod- I can control my management team and, you know, pick my company and it'll all be so much better. Do you know that, oh, good, DoorDash confidentially files draft IPO. Yes, I want some DoorDash right here. Okay, can we understand it say that the PE funds are buying oil left and right? No, David, what's that? Why are they doing that? Because they see value there, but I don't. What do you, what do you mean? They're buying oil. They're what are you referring well, to distressed properties. They uh-huh. like. I, I think the Chesapeake is going to have a lot of things for sale, and not all their assets is bad. Continental Resources, when the stock was at seventy, remember Harold Ham said uh, oil's going to hundred. Good level of CLR. I mean that that was ill advised. Mm. Jet fuel uh, weakest since the crisis this week, and yet the traffic is so weak that you don't want to buy. I did a piece this morning for Real Money about why Southwest, you know, more than 40 years of, I never had a, a loss here. They did have loss in the quarter of 2008. Yeah. But I wouldn't buy that yet, especially because Warren Based Buffett. on domestic exposure. Right. And they have, they have Texas exposure. They have Max exposure. And uh, Warren Buffett on Monday, who really did love the, you know, said, look, you know, long term, you won't even look at CBCs. But he said he wasn't going to buy the rest of the company. And I thought that that was a buzz kill. David? Jim, I'm David. here for you. I'm here. Don't worry. I haven't gone anywhere. Do you think Tesla was too high in retrospect at 900? Well, I, I, who can say what was too high and not? We're dealing with something, we'll and I think this is part of it, that we've never really... Because a biological crisis? Yeah. Okay, so before. how about and 2003, 2004? They are, are enormous. I okay, mean, yes, Anthony Fauci joined us yesterday. He's a good Always guy. Good to have him. He was reassuring in a way, but he doesn't have answers. Because well, he's not crazy. And there aren't answers, and the fact that... Uh, that, that the incubation period for the virus can be so long and so many people can be asymptomatic for such a period right. of time. And Some people are going to get sick and may not even, yes. you know. So it just oh. we're in a very uncertain time. But we do you ask me if I, what, Tesla was too high? I don't know. All right. Well, look. Coming down. Yeah, I can, thank you for looking at your screen. You're welcome. Okay, so let, let's talk about 2003, all right? So we got some 2000, a good analogy here with SARS. I mean, the S&P fell nearly 200 points or just under 10% in less than a month when we first heard about it. And then uh, when it kind of was really right here, uh, we had another le- leg down that was uh, pretty severe. Um, and we ended up being, we went from... Wow, we went all the way down. We had a big decline as uh, SARS, Dow Jones Transports hit the most, falling nearly 1,000 points, close to 12%. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we can see the transports from that period, uh, 2013 14, uh, but the transports were covered in a V shape. So, again, I don't want to tell people to sell when SARS got cured and people felt that SARS wasn't going to get cured. See, look at that. You can't see there's a Warren Buffett kill, right? Where, where is SARS? Where's SARS there? See, you can't really see yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, that is, that's one thing about this particular episode is people looked at priors and said stocks really didn't. They just moved through it. Yeah, and that's what I, I, I think could happen. 
Uh, this look, I just said the S and P finished the year up up thirteen percent during this period. So I, I, I'm hesitating to say, listen, I want I, I want you to sell things. I think that travel and leisure are not good. I think that if you have nothing and you haven't bought any S and P, that's probably a mistake. You don't know where it's going to go. You know, who thought that they were going to solve SARS? Right. Who did that? Who thought they were going to solve that? I sure right. didn't. SARS did not spread in any way uh, as quickly or... Uh, but, but it was so was, deadly. Thankfully, it was... Right, it was so deadly. far less deadly. Right. So I just think that's a good example. We actually had the market down pretty badly. And I think that that's, you know, good example of what can happen. And that's why you wouldn't necessarily be a big buyer here. Uh, you talked about... You got something to do? No, I, you know, uh, Carl, I just wanted to come back to my old uh, area here, media, the, the traditional media stocks. Obviously, our parent company continues to suffer, Comcast, right. NBC Universal, down about 1%, less than the market right now. But uh, Disney, uh, another day of losses there. That, as much, no, though, man. not about the CEO transition, one would expect, as it is about parks, where yes. Mr. Chapek, of course, was, uh, who is now the CEO, was running. Uh, right. given what you'd expect in terms of disruption exactly. for Disney uh, parks. But that's getting hit. And Discovery reported earnings this morning. I want to monitor the conference call, see what they had to say about guidance. Um, $2 billion buyback. Uh, they did have a nice free cash flow number, but their adjusted operating income before depreciation and amortization may have been a bit below what some had anticipated. It's been just a horrible sector, of course, led by horrible. that that shall not be named anymore. Please don't name that. By Mr. Kramer. Please don't name that. Uh, you mentioned uh, our parent, Comcast. Uh, people are watching the Olympics. Uh, the president of the International Olympic Committee today said he's fully committed uh, to the Games, uh, although at the same time Shinzo Abe, uh, Prime Minister of Japan, is closing the entire Japanese school system from March 2 until their spring break uh, later in the month, which would be the equivalent of, I don't know, New York, California, put a few uh, states yeah, together. Yeah, the future took a real education. hit when he, when That's he literally that. all the way to 12. All right. J- Japan schools will be closed for a period of time. So, and the, the Olympics start when, Carl? July? Late July. Late July in Tokyo. That's Amazing not... uh, facilities that have been built for right. well, the you games. Well, hope that. I mean, look, I'll give you an example. Would I buy Microsoft right here down for? I would buy a little. I would. It was at 190. Now it's at 165. It's pretty good. Buy a little here. It goes down to 155. Buy a little more. I mean, I want to be a little like Buffett. I don't want to just be, you know what, I'm, I'm scared. You don't be scared. There's some good levels here. I like Microsoft at down five. I like that. You, we mentioned uh, the call, Goldman's call on real estate uh, today, and Jim did talk to the Toll CEO last night about potential coronavirus impact. So what happens if we do have the, the, the epidemic that you and I don't want? Will people not even look at homes if there's bargains and interest rates are so low? I think people will be on the sidelines for a while, particularly with the, with the stock market. If the stock market does not stabilize, right. then I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to wait and see. But uh, I, I think owning a home is such an important part of one's life. That I don't think if you are ready to move, you're, re- you're ready to have your family move up in life, that you're going to s- sit back because of the coronavirus. But I think we do have to see how it plays out. Right. I think the next couple of weeks are critical in terms of the impact it has on the market and whether we make some progress on controlling it. So we'll have to see what happens. See, I thought that was of sh- shocking. I mean, also, they, they have an area in the southwest, uh, California, where they have uh, Asian buyers traditionally, and they've all canceled. 
I know that Doug was very upset with how his company did it. Many times he was more upset with himself than he'd been in some time. At the same time, though, I found it, are people going to pause with interest rates this low? I, I found that to be unnerving. I thought it was unnerving, the interview. It made me disconcerted. It did? Any yes. concerns about materials and things of that nature? Yes, uh, not that much. Not much? Not Most much. Most of that's domestically sourced. Yeah, I mean, the, the, what, what really, I mean, they had some weak sales in a bunch of areas where, a bunch of areas I didn't expect with, with interest rates being so low, but they did not execute well. I just did think it's important to talk about the, the spring selling season. My first reaction was I was uh, attempting, I was getting a house in the be- at the beach, and I now realize I paid too much and I haven't closed on it, but I'm an honorable person. Another house? What? Talk to you offline. Whoa. Um, real quickly, I'd mentioned Discovery. Let me just come back to it because the call on the call, the CFO of Discovery Communications reported earnings this morning, stock down fairly sharply. Uh, they, have, they basically say they're providing slightly less precise and detailed quarterly guidance or revenue line items where they've come to the conclusion to be much less helpful at this point than in the past, uh, given what they're saying is sort of a uh, backdrop of, of some uncertainty. So that's what I can share on that. All right. So we have gone from a record close to correction in 10 sessions. It's unbelievable. Uh, and for a moment there, the Dow's loss for the year was greater than any since 08. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Bob? Uh, ugly open here, uh, and we're drifting towards the lows right after the open, but not as bad as Europe. We were down 3 to 4% in Europe. Uh, overall, let's just take a look at what we're doing. Uh, typical movers here on the coronavirus, semiconductors, banks weak here, energy, 10-year uh, lows here in the XLE, that's the energy ETF, industrials down 2.3%. Uh, it's amazing to look at some of the moves here in the S&P 500. We were at historic highs one week ago. It was actually uh, on Friday, if you look at it here. And the global markets are entirely in a takedown mode. Everything is down essentially 10, 11, 12% right across the board. It doesn't matter. Hong Kong's down. 12, Europe's 10%. These are from the recent 52-week highs. Shanghai, Japan, United States now essentially down 10%. It's remarkable. Essentially, global investors have decided this is a global event. They've taken down the entire stock market all over the world. Uh, You could take a look at some other things here. Here's the S&P 500. Remember, historic high last Wednesday, that 10% decline in one week. Sam Stovall says that is the fastest decline from a, from a hit high to a 10% correction since World War II. That's how fast the markets move these days. Take a look at some other things. Everything's down 10%. All the big movers, for example, here. So the FANG names here, uh, 10 to uh, 12, 13, even 15% in the case of Facebook. These are, again, all from 52-week highs. A remarkably consistent numbers. what I mean. They're just taking down uh, multiples, essentially, for, for stocks around the world, even if the major sector that you're looking at right now. We've talked about banks and semiconductors and industrials and their impact. Same situation here. Everything down 10, 11, 12, 14% in the case of the banks, which have been really hit as we hit uh, four and five-year lows on the uh, dividends there. Finally, a lot of questions about what's been going on uh, with, uh, with, Walt, with Goldman Sachs commentary this morning. David Costin's talking about 0% earnings growth in 2020. The streets had 7%, uh, but I would be pointing out, we've been doing this for the last several weeks, These numbers have been rapidly coming down in the last few weeks. So it's not like Wall Street's been asleep at the wheel. They have been coming down. And I give them some credit to the analysts. I would also note that Costin says 
3,400 for year end for the S&P 500. Uh, that's about 9% higher than where we are right now. So it's not as if they're bearish on the long term on the markets. They think short term there's going to be a notable impact on earnings. Finally, a lot of questions on dividends. You see these juicy yields. These energy stocks hit new lows, decade new lows here. Look at these dividend yields, 8%, 7%, 7%. That's American Pain. Exxon's at 6.5%. Just be very careful on this. Barron's and other people have been pointing out for the last several weeks, Chevron, Exxon, Conoco, they all need higher prices for oil than we have right now in order to cover the dividend payments from their cash flow. If they don't, they either cut the dividend or they have to borrow. And of course, that adds more pressure on them. So every time I get emails saying, what about these dividends? Remember, there's a little bit of risk right now with oil below $50. Guys, back to you. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Bob Pisani, you mentioned oil report. a moment ago. I thought it was going to hold uh, 40 No, in those dividends, you know, this isn't like 2015, 2015, 2016, where it was a blip and they were able to cut back. You know, these guys are all pretty stretched. So you want to be very careful there if you're reaching for yield. My travel trust owns BP. It's been terrible. It's not as bad as backish, but it is bad. And I, I that's, that's the Viacom CEO. Uh, and I point out that they raised the dividend. Their things are terrific. They're trying to get tw- new carbon years 2050. And you can't give the stock away. So what are you going to do with these ones that don't have that kind of balance sheet? And the answer is oil, travel, leisure, wrong. Those are wrong. Take the money out of those and reposition into after FANG goes down more, tech. I think tech is a survivor because we are going to go 5G. I don't. Well, it's, it, it compounds what we had already been talking about for months, which is the phenomenon of ESG. Right. Uh, I, I know you saw Moody's projection of auto sales globally uh, this year. They're looking now down to five. The demand is really a factor. Look at the LNG demand. China goes force majeure on, on one of the great exports we have. And I, look, I, I, I look at some of the stocks like a Chevron. Mike Worth, he's a very good man. Yes. And. I, they have a good balance sheet, yes. but nobody wants it anyway. Stock's down 21.3% this year. Well, because Chevron. A, because the, we're going toward divestiture. It's happening. We are. I mean, I, yeah, the incremental capital, will, will it be there beyond well, right, it's not move the, the stock higher? That said, I mean, what? I don't know. Chevron's 94 bucks, 95 bucks. So what? What does it mean if you're, if you're a religious about, the, about climate change? What, what if you're religious about yield? Yeah, what if you're religious about finding value? And the fact that, uh, the I got first, news for you. The first um, question. And the, renewable energy is not replacing gasoline anytime soon. No, it has nothing soon. to do with that. Oh, it does? Of course not. No, it has to do with the belief. Last I heard, the, that's what they take out of the ground for the most part. David, David, that's not the issue. The issue is Altria. People smoke all the time. Yes. There, there are funds that won't own those. Oh, understood. That's and all I'm saying. They are only growing, and they will continue. Right, so I'm and saying it's the an important no, story buyers. that we're following here, they, although there's plenty that's misleading about ESG funds as well, and when you look at their uh, holdings, it's always surprising to see what qualifies. But yeah. yes. But no, I think, I think Mike Worth and Chevron are doing just a terrific job. And then I follow up with, you know what, I don't care. I'll give you an example. Let's, do, let's be away from, you know, that's, they've got political. Let's look at Steve Tanger. Let's look at SKT, Okay. You, you know, this is a company that just literally said great things and raised the dividend, right? The outlets. Yes, Tanger. You know, outlets being tougher times, people will need a bargain. Yields 12%, all right? Now, what does that say to you? 
Well, it's twelve percent yield, and it's got huge. Uh, it's got very good occupancy, but it's trading as if there's a couple companies that you know that are a little small here. Uh, Washington Prime Group they just cut their dividend; it was twenty one. Uh, one of the most uh, legendary uh, real estate investment trusts when I grew up was a company called Penn Real Estate Investment Trust, and there's a company that's now at two fifty. And yields 33%, which obviously is not true because they have to do restructuring. So uh, malls, uh, now I'm going to distinguish time and properties. They have terrific ones. But some of these smaller uh, real estate investment trusts where shopping centers, so to speak, they're struggling, struggling to stay in business, even though they've been seasoned operators. I'm not saying Tanger. I think Tanger is very good, but the stock is saying don't buy, right? With that yield? Yep. Uh, Isn't that Merck, interesting? Merck, Pfizer, J&J, Gilead, and Clorox all in the green. Well, my chapel trust owns Clorox because why? Because they are unlike 3M. Uh, you can move the needle with Clorox because it's the primary business. We have Clorox everywhere. After the CDC gave that warning, I went and bought as many wipe, Clorox wipes. I know that I have totally Clorox, but I bought a store, got a lot of Clorox bleach. I got you bought a lot uh, of stuff. Yeah. Well, David, when CDC comes on and says, we're going to have a major interruption in our lives. Well, I'm not drinking Clorox, but I sure want it. I bought a lot of seltzer, by the way. We have broken the 200-day on the S&P now, along with the Dow. Only the NASDAQ of the major three remains above. Let's get to the bond pits and Rick Santelli. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Of course, Treasury rates keep going down because we see that we are peeling back the onion, deconstructing the equity rally. And why are we deconstructing it? Well, Many strategies, like risk parity, have built big positions on calm waters and equities. And the machines are fast. Bob said it's fast. Of course it's fast. And many of the same artificial intelligence that trades the market permeates many similarities across platforms. It moves quickly. But it is coming close to the end of those numbers. We'll have to see what's on the second chapter. Look at October 2016, two-year. Haven't been at these yields since November. This week in tens, it's been a nice orderly slide. Here we sit down nine basis points. Twos are down a dozen basis points. What's going on overseas in Boone's? Well, let's look at a July start because it was thereabouts that we made our all-time low negative yield close at minus 71. It's currently trading minus 55, whereas the long end in the States, of course, is in record guns hot negative territory with respect to never closed or have seen these yields before. Hey, the dollar's lost a lot of favor this week. It makes sense. The, the rotation out of many markets globally has just taken the appetite away for now. Look at a one week of the euro versus the dollar. Look at a one week of the dollar versus the yen. We see that the dollar index is now, should it close here, it would be at an exact three-week low going back to February 6th. Ultimately, the yield curve continues to steepen. And there was a great op-ed about the Fed can't wait. I agree, the Fed can't wait. They just can't wait to ease. Carl, David, Jim, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you. Um, by the way, Fed Funds futures see 90% chance now of three cuts this year. Uh, we've talked about the Warshop Ed. Uh, Yellen talked about the potential for coronavirus to push the U.S. into recession. Take Whoa. a listen to that. Whoa. We could see significant impact on Europe, which has been um, weak to start with. And it's just conceivable that it could throw the United States into a recession. 
I think if it doesn't hit in a substantial way in the United States, that's less likely. Um, we had a pretty solid outlook before this happened, and there is some risk. But, um, you know, basically, I think the U.S. outlook looks pretty good. All right, Jim, I mean, I, at some point, you've got to wonder how helpful it is to say that out loud. Well, I think that I keep thinking with the president is so upset with Chairman Powell uh, and that uh, obviously Chair, Chairwoman Yellen would have been more aggressive in cutting. The only reason why you should focus on that as a stock, someone who's involved with stocks, is because, again, these yield, these stocks of companies that have really good balance sheets, that have good yields, are creating bargains. They're accidentally high yield, and I want you to pick at them. I'm sorry, I'm a little positive there. I was incredibly negative, for heaven's sake. I can't stay as negative as I was. I don't want to get the disease. I remember, remember honestly, you were, hey, you Jimmy, alar- you're going to get you chicken pox. You were negative, I was an alarmist. And I, I was an alarmist. I poked a little fun at you for it, but yeah. you ended up uh, being Thank you. right. I remember my, the week before I got chicken pox, my mother said, you're going to get chicken pox. Everyone's got it. You're going to have a really high fever. We have to take you to the hospital. We'll take you to the hospital. Well, you know, I'm old enough to remember the chicken pox epidemic, and it was not so great. Just make sure you get the single shot. I had the single shot. Oh, you I got to get that. Oh, David, you, David, you just got to come to my place, man. It is Fort Knox. It really is. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? not, I, did, I don't, don't know have, which one to go to. Right. I did not buy a gun. Because I don't believe that it's going to be Walking Dead. I don't. I didn't buy a crossbow. I just bought a lot yeah, of supplies. Told everybody who wants to come and find you, that you're not going to be able to. Oh, no, I just, all I did was buy supplies. I didn't buy anything. You I broke money. Wipes at them. What? I'm over. Look, the, everything the CD says about someone my age says I got to do this. CDC, they're not alarmists. They're saying I got to do. Do I, I, I want to do it? Do them? I want to have all this darn Clorox in my house? I mean, come on. You're going to have a show tonight. I am? Aren't you? Thank heavens. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't last night. Well, you were on, though. Yeah, actually, but I was, an, I was an appendage. It was a useless appendage. Look at that. Some companies uh, that might did. actually... I watched your uh, interview with Enrique Lores. How was that? All right. Thank you. Trade Desk, that one will work at home. Etsy, obviously, one of the most remote players in the world. Uh, and Neil Bush, we worked a saves money. I, I think these are worth listening to. Yeah, great guests. Thank you. I think they're worth listening to. They may even worth be buying some of the stocks... Look, it's not the end of the world. I had the chicken pox, by the way, at 104 degrees, but I never missed a day of school. Not one. Chicken pox didn't I intend anybody. No, that's not the point. I'm saying everybody got it. Jim. Yeah, but it didn't kill <laughs> All right, all right, yeah, that caveat. Great. Jim, this well, one doesn't kill, kill younger people to any great extent. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money's at 6 o'clock. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.